What's going on, guys? And left so many R.I.P. Cried as a devil. Unpopular theory. Think it got a hold on me. Cried as a devil. This episode, this episode, everything to fill the void. When you're gone, will I have anything, or will I be destroyed? Name, namesake. This comes from a conversation I had with people a couple months ago. They say part of the symbol we were talking about name, name selection. Choose name. Bright lights pass me in the city. It's emergency. I'm thankful because I made it past my thirties. No one murdered me. Still remember vividly. And you know we were talking about last name, first name. So I just wanted to talk about that a bit in this episode, So, let's get ready for that. One day I was listening to him like, damn, yo. friends a couple months back about name selection and last names and uh we got to uh you know of course we know each other everybody knows each other last name and uh we just saying well this name sounds you know black or white or whatever right so uh in my experiences with my last name for those that don't know I have a European last name like most black people do but mine's is not common Anytime you hear my last name, you're like, I've been asked this plenty of times in my life. Like, that last name, like, where's that from? And I'm like, it's European, but uh, it's not common European. It's not like uh, Johnson or Williams or Smith or Allen. So, that, you know, that made me look up most common surnames for black people. And they, uh, this site, it had about, the site is called sister.com. And they did a poll about black last names. 80 popular and common African-American, African and Caribbean surnames listed. This was uh, done, last updated October 25th, 2021. And the list of the names is crazy. So I'm going to just throw something out. Here are the top 10 names that came up during the 2010 census. So these names are number one, Williams. Williams is a highly popular African, Caribbean, African-American last name. Number two, Johnson. Then you have number three, Smith. Number four, 
Jones. Number five, Brown. Very common. Then you have Jackson at six. Davis listed as number seven. Thomas, number eight. Harris is number nine. Robinson, 10. And then to round up the top 40, you have Taylor, Wilson, Moore, White, Lewis, Walker, Green, Thompson, Washington, Anderson, Scott, Carter, Wright, Hill, Allen, Miller, Mitchell, Young, Lee, Martin, Clark, King, Edwards, Turner, Coleman, James, Evans, Hall, Richardson, and Adams. So I just read off 40 names of predominantly black, African, and Caribbean. And my last name did not appear up here once. So my last name, for those who don't know, is Saints. S-A-N-K-S. A lot of time when I say it, people confuse it as me saying Saints. Happens all the time. Been happening all my life. So with my first name, I've been on a lot of interviews in my life. I mean a lot. <laughs> I've been on a goddamn lot. So with me going on these interviews with my first name, Ivan, which is a European name, I believe and I feel and I've experienced that, damn, we thought you was white, look. I've had that several times in my life. I've been on interviews when I get to stare like, oh shit, like he got us. So choosing a name might get you in the door to get an interview, then you get rejected. I had that experience several times in my life. But if you explain that to the average person that doesn't, you know, walk in your shoes, they wouldn't understand. They'd be like, nah, you know, it's common, you know, this name that you have. And I'm like, nah, it's not. And most people I meet with the name, they're black. So it made me do research on my last name and the origin of it. You know, we all came from slaves or whatever. So most people that have my last name in America are black. And most of them are Southern black. Because our the forefather of that last name was a very big slave owner. Can't remember the dude's name, but when I did the research, and this, I did this about 30, 40 years ago, not me per se, it was like my family, when we were going to a family reunion and they were breaking it down to us. And I'm like, damn, I had that information for years. I just sat on it and let it mold it, mold that it, let it sit in my head. So now that I, you know, started creating my own family, my own lineage, there you have it, you know. So the name, it's there, it's present, it's my last name. So all of my kids just about have these names that I try to get them to sneak in to get the interviews. <laughs> just thinking outside the box because when you see certain names on resumes, I know employees or recruiters do that. When they see the AKA hood name, you know, they'll pass it. Like when you see Alexis Jackson, they're going to assume that she's black. Because most women that you see that I've met named Alexis Jackson were black. Never met one that wasn't. But that's just an example. So I was just saying that. 
and thinking about it because it's something that happens in the community. We have people with crazy names that you can't even pronounce. It's like what I do with my job, I look at names and I'm like, how do you, how do you pronounce that? Because I don't want to insult anybody. You know, you learn that as you get older. People take pride in their names. So I'm like, pronounce that. Like Alizé. It's people named Alizé. So you just got to be respectful about someone's name and their namesake because they take that shit very personal and have pride in it too, as you should. But, you know, just talking about that. And this is just like a little topic to the big topic that I really want to speak about. I just want the intro with that to show that, you know, choice and selection of names has validity, has a big meaning with your child's future and how things are perceived. So, you know, people, we got to look at things before we do it, especially with these names. I'm not saying that a hood name, for lack of better words, is imperfect. It's just that in this world where you're judged before you open your mouth, you want to get your foot in the door, you know? So, yeah, now let's get to what I really want to talk about. This episode is really going to be based off of colorism and how it's prevalent, and how society views it. Now, let's think about that. Colorism. In my experiences, this is what I'm going off, things I've seen, heard, dealt with in my time. When you're a black person or a darker-skinned person, you're viewed in a certain outlook. We can do it from TV. We can do it from every day. Let's take TV, for example. I said this last season when I was talking about how uh, lighter-skinned women were attractive because you look on TV back in the days and you had the Cindy Crawfords, you had the Daryl Hannahs, you had um, the Brooke Shields. These women were considered Beautiful. The Cheryl Teagues. They were all considered beautiful. They were supermodels. They were fine. You know, oh my God, this is beautiful. But you're growing up in the hood, you don't see them women at all. So you see the fair skinned women, the light skinned women with the nice head, the eyes, or whatever. And then you had the dark skinned woman. The dark skinned woman could have been equally beautiful, but she had the hardship. She was called the blackie, the tar baby, all the harsh words that you, you said to her or she's called during her life, especially her early childhood, especially in the hood. The dark girls get picked on. They get picked on about their hair. Remember um, Spike Lee when he did uh, School Days? That's a perfect representation of what happens in the hood, but it also happens in society. We don't talk about that, but it does. So let's let's talk about that particular part when you have the colorism issue that we have in our community and it's not only in black it's in brown it's latino i talk to people every day i speak with latinos you talk to uh dominicans you talk to puerto ricans and they say hey you know you know spanish puerto ricans you have spanish you have uh people from spain spanish spaniards you have Puerto Ricans, you have Dominicans, you have Mexicans, 
Venezuelans, Ecuadorians, people from El Salvador. Uh, it's like different shades. And they all have one thing in common. The people who have the darker skin, the browner skin, go through the most shit. They have the hardship. They are the bottom feeders of the bunch. So it creates a division and colorism is at the forefront. But when you explain this to people that are in a position, we could say of privilege to a degree, we all on the same boat. It's just our position that we are on the boat. Or we can take it back to slavery. We always said uh, the house niggers were the ones that were lighter. They were in the house. They were the ones that were considered more acceptable because the lack of pigmentation or melanin in their skin. So they had a certain privilege. And I believe that privilege is prevalent today. It's everywhere. When you look at TV, now you have these, not necessarily have to have the uh, the woman I spoke of earlier, you know, like the, the white, white woman. You don't have to have that anymore. You can have the lighter black women, like the Holly Berries, the uh, Beyonce, the, uh, what's my girl, Paula Patton, you know, the mixed, mixed ones, the ones that, are attractive and acceptable because you really got to think about that. You're told that black is beautiful, but it's multiple shades of black, but you have more lighter shades of black being represented when you look on media, TV, whatever. So how do we come from that? What happened? How did that get that way? And it just stems from how things work we live in a society where we say things are acceptable but are they truly especially with color like we know the basic stuff the stuff that uh we talk about every day the stuff that happens on the news like you see a black man getting shot for complying to the laws and then you see a white person curse out a cop, scream in a cop face, carrying a gun or whatever, and they survive. So that shows you that, you know, color means something in this world. And I don't think anyone that listens to the show can dispute that. It's a fact of life. It's something that we're going to have to deal with forever. But within my own communities of the black, the brown, we have a pecking order. And that's some real shit. Do we talk about the pecking order? Do we acknowledge the pecking order? I don't think so. But when you look at it, I was uh, scrolling through Facebook a couple weeks ago, and uh, somebody posted something. It was a picture of Kelly Rowland. And Kelly Rowland, to me, is very beautiful. She's a beautiful, brown-skinned woman. And someone put in the caption, she's always been the baddest member of Destiny Child. And I put... There's a preference thing. I think she is. But, hey, Beyonce, she's the lighter one. She's the lead singer. She's going to get more notoriety. She's going to have more clout. But then I ask myself, if Kelly Rowland would have had the same backing, support, production, writing that Beyonce has had, do you think she would be a bigger star? 
That's one. That's something to sit with people. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I don't think Kelly Rowland, if she had everything Beyonce had, would be as big a, a star as Beyonce is. It's because of, you got it, her appearance. The machine would not back her like they have backed Beyonce. And that's a fact of life. And if you don't believe me, let's go a little deeper. It's a woman that could sing her ass off. She writes, she produces, she danced, she's even acting. This woman can outsing a lot of people. She has a very beautiful, unique voice. This woman named is Seven Streeter. I've been a fan of her for years. She was sounding Chris Brown. She's wrote plenty of R&B hits, pop crossover hits for other people. Like Ariana Grande's biggest song to date, or one of her biggest songs, is I Like. That was written by Seven Streeter. Now, when you physically see Seven Streeter, she's equivalent to what I say with Kelly Rowland is. Beautiful woman of color. Talented. But she doesn't get the recognition. She doesn't get the, the, the bells and all the whistles and the star power because of how she looks. Because if you took away her color and just had all her attributes... She could be Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah. But again, that goes to the representation. You know, when you see Ariana Grande, she's Spanish, but she would pass off as a white woman. And to me, not taking any shots, certain type of Spanish people are the new white. Because they're very acceptable. I've been saying that for years. It could be a big controversy when you say it because it seems like, oh, you're trying to say that we act white. Like, no. It's just that with the colorism thing, you have Spanish people that look white. And if you didn't hear their last names, you wouldn't know that they had Latin or Spanish descendants. Like they were. Like when you hear Cameron Diaz, but you see Cameron Diaz, you take her as a white girl. Clearly, with the last name Diaz, she has something in her that's not whole Caucasian. Do we say anything about it? Nope, we don't. But when she was in, uh, what was that, Charlie's Angels? And she was doing the dance and she had the rhythm and all that. They were like, go white girl. go." They were big enough as a white girl. So when you see her, think about it. And a name Diaz is something that comes from somebody. Somebody was doing something with somebody that wasn't white. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that happens. And it creates division amongst us. So think about this. You have uh, a lighter woman that's black, and you have a darker woman that's also black. They apply for the same job. They both have the same qualifications. Everything is equal except for the representation of the skin they have names that get them in the door who gets the job people who gets the job like working blue collar jobs and working you know corporate jobs look around and they always say the higher you go up the food chain with money the lighter the color gets so it's less color so what happens? 
if I'm like a Fortune 100 company and I want to have a certain aesthetic, you know, I make the rules. It's my business. We say affirmative action. Yeah, we, we say that. But, okay, let's just say we can check the box, per se, on the percentage of colored people or minorities that we hire. But we can also say, listen, she's a woman. He's a woman of color. Or he's a, a man. He's a man of color. But he doesn't necessarily look like Tyrone or Bobby Brown. You know? But he's black. He checks the boxes. He can have coolie hair. He can have curly hair. He can have brown eyes. He can have very, very light skin. So what happens? He gets the job over somebody that looks like me. Who doesn't have the smiley face or doesn't have the straight hair or whatever who's not as dark but not as light you could check the boxes like i don't know the young man that's uh that was on how to get away with murder he kind of looked like bruce lee boy from the last dragon that was an age thing i just showed again but it is what it is uh he's in the show the raising dylan dude i guess he plays on netflix that guy he's a black man but when you see him you accept him because of his appearance. He doesn't look like he's going to harm you. He don't have that Charlie Murphy look like, yo, look at it. Like Charlie Murphy was a very dark black man. And then his facial expressions made him look a certain way. That's what we get a lot of times. I get told all the time in the office, hey, or ask rather, hey, why don't you smile? And I say, what well, I'm smiling for, I'm here to do a job. And it's, they ask me, yo, do you know what? You're a cool dude. I thought you was an ass. Like, how do you think it was an ass? Because you don't smile. I'm like, fuck, I'm smiling for. I'm not no smiling ass nigga. But that's what they want. They want you to make them feel comfortable. When I'm just there to do a job, I'm not there to be your friend. Like, we can have, we could talk. We can have any type of comment. We can converse. We can talk about anything you want. I can go there with you, but I'm not there for that. So, my shield that I walk on or I have when I go outside every day. Can, can be intimidating. And a lot of black men feel this way. So you can have a lighter black man and a darker black man. And they both could be the same. But the lighter one would be perceived as someone that you can accept and deal with. I like, um, Tyrese is crazy, but uh, he said something. He said, yo, Terrence Howard in Hollywood, which is a better actor than Tyrese in my opinion, stole a lot of his roles. And I laughed because it was funny. But then I thought about it. It's like, it's not many black actors in Hollywood that are like famous and considered A-list. So uh, I don't know if you consider Tyrese A-list, but he's been in big movies. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. So just think about it. You're going on these casting calls. And uh, they let you know you're, the final, you're in the final runnings for the part or whatever. And then... You get the call back from your agent or your representation and say, hey, you know what? They decided to go another route. And you're like, with who? Terrence Howard. So you're like, all right, Terrence Howard. How? What What was the role? And then you find out the movie was uh, Hustle and Flow. Now, just imagine Tyrese and Hustle and Flow. <laughs> just imagine him and Hustle and Flow. I don't think it would have worked, but he attributed that to the complexion thing. 
the colorism situation, the thing that a lot of people feel. So again, I'm not sure how accurate he is because I'm not privy to the information that he has, but he's just telling something that he feel his experience from his point of view. Kind of like what I brought up earlier with the last names and the name representation. Like people can tell you that what you're experiencing is false because they never walked in your shoes. They've never been the only black dude working with 12 other white guys. You know, and I'm, when I mean black, I mean darker dudes. They've never been the, the darker woman in office, having people touch their hair, having people say things like, how do you get your hair like that? You know, so if you don't have them experiences, how do you know about it? Because you can, I can explain my trials, my tribulations, my struggle to you, but most motherfuckers wouldn't give a fuck. So it has to resonate with you. You have to connect to it in a certain way. And when you connect to it, then you can understand like, damn, now let's just say, for example, what if you were lighter and your sister or brother was darker and then you had to sit and watch how your sibling got treated? This happens. I talk to people all the time. I have that shit in my family. Like, I have from my experiences have seen family members get treated a certain way because of their complexion. I in my whole 40 plus years have never been called a black ass nigga. Like look at your black ass from someone that's black. What's your black ass? What's your chocolate burnt crispy ass? Or your black this or this down the third charcoal and all that. I've never had right? But my pops has astro black. My pops is blue black. I have a sister that's the same complexion of my child. I mean, of my father. I even thought like when uh, I was having my family, you know, building my family with my wife, that one of my kids were going to come out with my father complexion. I used to tease my wife about it. Like, yo, I don't know. Somebody going to get the darkness. And then even with my wife. She was like, what? I said, yeah. She seen my father. She said, damn, he is dark. So I have that. Like, we deal with it all the time. But it's not talked about enough. Like, I have a friend that he said, hey, you got light-skinned kids. You're lucky. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? But again, it's colorism. He's a darker man. His struggle was different. So when you see certain things, you feel certain ways and you say, hey, wait a minute. This shit ain't right. I don't like this feeling. So this feeling gets the shots. We have to listen to people's struggles. We have to try to put ourselves in their shoes and understand what they're going through. And understand that this colorism shit is very real. It's something that you deal with every day and you don't really acknowledge it. If you're in the position of power. Let's look at entertainment. Let's look at everyday life, if we would, for a second. If I told you that, if I gave you Chris Brown rap sheet, right, and I took away his complexion, and you'd be like, damn, dude is wilding out. Whatever, yo, he's crazy. And then you seen him, you'd be like, man, I thought he was darker. You'll hear that shit. People won't admit it, but you would. That's how we are. 
when we see that thugged out light skinned dude that uh everybody was so um his image, like he looks like a thug. The dude that got arrested that everybody was going crazy about his uh his looks with the green eyes and all that other stuff. And they were just talking about how cute he was and handsome, whatever. You think he would have got that same response if he was darker? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Like, look at uh, how we view that. Like, I'm not a woman. I can't tell you from a woman's point of view. But just look at the numbers. Like, how women react. I watch TV with my family. I watch uh, movies with my family. And let's just think about on the entertainment level. Can we name five darker-skinned actors that Everybody knows about the get lead roles. And let's exclude off the bat. It's just Alba. We got to take him off the list. And uh, Morris Chestnut. Take them off the list. Because they, like, they're the pillars of that. So let's think about it now. I'm talking about A-list actors, guys. Can we name five darker-skinned a-list male actors in Hollywood. Don Cheadle, number three. He's off the list. Chadwick Boseman passed away. He wasn't darker skinned, but yeah, he's off the list because he's dead. So let's go. Give me five. I don't know five. I know a lot of actors. Watch TV, watch movies all the time, but I couldn't think of five. Those who are listening to this episode, get at me in the comments and and give me five. I would love to see the names. And I'm talking about A-list actors that are darker skinned. Black, like Bobby Brown darkness. I'll wait. Now, I know a whole bunch of actors that are darker, but not A-list. You don't have them. They're not common. Why is that? Let's look at it on the, the flip side, the woman side of that. You have, uh, give me five darker-skinned women that are A-list actors. But you're going to take off uh, my lady from uh, How to Get Away How to Get Away with Murder. We take her off the list. She's established. To my up-and-coming. Uh, we take off, uh, who else do we have? Uh, the woman from Us, also a Black Panther. We take her off the list because she's established. Uh, Lupita, that's her name. We take her off the list. So let me get five women. And I bet you they'd be like Issa Rae. I bet you in the comments they're going to be like, yo, Issa Rae, but give me four more. A-list. You won't find any. It's like entertainment world goes and flows. So it's like, all right, we gave you Holly Berry in the early 80s. Then we gave you uh, Paula Patton. After Paula Patton... Give me another light-skinned black woman that fits the bill, that checks the boxes. 
We say Sanaa Lathan. She's fair. She's not a dog. I love Sanaa. She's beautiful. All the women I'm talking about, these people I'm talking about are beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful in their own ways. But still, we don't have any new ones. And then we could say, uh, Nateri Norton, Nateri, Empower. I give you her. She's dark. She's dark skinned. So I need four more, though. But is she A list? Mm. See, she's on ABC now. That's Disney. So she's creeping up the ladder. But is she A list? Is she someone that you're going to see for the next 10, 15 years in feature films and movies? Will she star in a Hollywood production movie as the lead actress? She was in Notorious playing Kim. But again, that was a black movie. That wasn't like a $500 million grossing movie. That was a Diddy production, and, you know, it did what it did. So, again, let's name of people. I'm waiting. You know, I'm looking at the comments, getting the comments. Let me know about that. So, again, colorism is so real. It's something that we have to deal with. It's here. It's not going anywhere. But we just have to acknowledge that it's in the building with us in everyday life. In all our decisions, subconsciously, a lot of us do it subconsciously. We don't even realize that. You're walking down the block and you see a group of guys. If they all were light-skinned, and uh, they may have the same intentions that the dark-skinned dude does, but I guarantee you, your guard's going to go up a bit more when you see that because how it's fed to you. And I would think in both cases, they don't want to do shit to you at all, but it's just the perception that is force-fed to you. You think like, damn, black is evil. You remember that scene in Malcolm X when he was uh, had him uh, going through the dictionary and learning all the words, and when he looked up black, it was like, oh, dark, evil, this, that, and the third. He looked at white, pure, beautiful. That's something that we deal with to this day, people. So again, I don't want to sit here and be preachy and, fuck up the game when you're listening but it's just something food for thought something to sit on your brain and you think about it when you're going to work when you're going to school when you're dealing with your crew when you in certain situations let's just think about how that plays in a relationship that you have or you may forge in your life people that are darker feel that they experience shit differently than people that are lighter and if you Asked them and you sat there and you thought about it and conversed about it and you built with them. I guarantee you, once you get out the, uh, the conversation with them, you'll have a different outlook. Beauty is beauty. It is also in the eye of the beholder, but it's all shades of beauty. There's black beauty, there's brown beauty, there's light, there's red, there's yellow, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has something to offer, everybody has their own gems. But at the end of the day, people, if we fighting amongst each other to get the crumbs, if I can't get in the door, but I'm going to push you out the way so you can't get in the door, if we keep that mentality, it doesn't matter how many kumbayas, how many laws we get changed or whatever we fight for the past, it's not going to change anything, people. So we got to learn to tolerate and accept each other. And we got to be there for one another. So, all right, guys, this is a wrap. Like I said, I got a whole bunch of shows loaded up. 
I'm back on my Grizzly, and I'll see you guys next week. All right, have a good one, guys. Destroy. Paranoid, I put you over everything to fill the void. And when you're gone, will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Yeah. Too much money to count, what's the amount? Ten of a bounce, I gotta pay a nigga to add it up. Then pay somebody to make sure whatever amount he's saying, I'm back it up. Direct some racks, I'm racking up, stacking up. You